We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the first time all week, a relatively quiet day at Berea will catch you up on all the latest happenings at practice, including injury updates and much more. And then we will also spend time with Brad Ward on this show, which was on the Twitch show earlier tonight, where we answer some burning questions, the most important questions about the Brown season. So I was a guest on Brad's show. I will share that time spent with him as a part of All Eyes on Cleveland. We should have a good one here for you. Stick around for the latest OBR film breakdown. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. It's your host, Jake Burns. I am going to be solo for the beginning of this opening. I uh, want to update you on just some things around the Browns as they uh, you know, didn't have as busy a day, obviously, but uh, some noteworthy things happened at practice and before practice that we should discuss, I think, before we get to the to the bit with, with Brad Ward. So uh, the first thing that came through today is that they, they did do what has been floated out there. They decided to bring back Maurice Hurst to the active roster place. Jordan Kanasich on the IR, right? So I think that was something most expected. We got a tidbit at the OBR from, ironically, from Maurice Hurst himself, got a hold of Brad Stainbrook and had mentioned that he was coming back. So by NFL rules, any player going on injured reserve at this point in the season, major injuries, a lot of return after missing four games. Teams are permitted uh, up to eight players to return from IR per season. Individual can return from IR a maximum of twice per season. So just a little bit of reminder on that. Each time counts against the team's allotted eight designations. So uh, you have uh, the good news is that the Browns are able to supplement the roster with, uh, you know, taking advantage of Hurst for Kanasich. It appears that we are not going to see Alex Wright go on to the IR, which is a bit of a surprise given his, his knee procedure. So that is something that is certainly of note, right? So, the other piece of information before practice we, we figured out is that the Browns uh, restructured Jedrick Will's contract, so that converts $2.286 million of his base salary into a signing bonus. Now tack on three void years, creating a $1.8288 million in 23 cap space 
with this transaction. So the Browns are just adding up everything they can, right? So they lead the NFL upwards of like, I think, $38 million in cap space right now. According to contract numbers, I'm going to check that real quick. But the original contract is available on the OBR. Jack Duffin did a great write-up and put out what it looks like in void years where it kind of converts over to a cap number next year of 14632. Uh Jack noted it wouldn't shock me if this uh though is a real deal and he listed not just what he has but he kind of listed through what the void years could look like. It's all very well laid out for you, but he had a idea here uh something that he thought they could do which was take next year's 14.6 million dollar cap hit this year's 4439 Next year, it jumps up, gets spicy at 14.6 on that fifth-year option. They could spread it out with those void years, go 4.4 this year, 4.192 in the next year, 3.06, and then in 26, have the cap number be 8.7. Just an idea. He noted the difference here is the, the, the both contracts are worth the same amount of money. The players paid the exact same amount of money over each season. Uh, what the team is getting here is using a signing bonus rather than base salary. This is a way they can spread that salary cap change out like a credit card or interest-free loan. They also have the added choice to uh, do this in future years using an option bonus too, which is, again, a very similar structure they use, that option bonus stuff. So uh, there's still some names that they could restructure, the most obvious being Denzel Ward, Jack noted. Other names you could see, Cooper, Teller, Chubb. They are creating, as they're sort of sort of projected at $34 million over the cap next year, they're trying to create as much as they can to give them flexibility going into 2024 and then potentially uh, be able to one of these years swallow that larger quarterback uh, cap hit that they're going to get from Deshaun Watson at some point upwards of 60, 65 million. So um, the rollover money is continuing to to pile up. We'll see it does, you know, this does give them a chance to use some of that money, but the rollover money is what it is really clearly going for. If they're in the middle of competition, they're contending, middle of the season, a player becomes available. They have some, some slush fund money here to go all in, but that does strain the future. Now over to practice where Fred Greetham gave great perspective and um, you know talked about first Dustin Hopkins wearing number seven. We mentioned this yesterday. Uh, he could have asked Donovan Peoples-Jones for 11, but he decided, uh, decided not to. That's been his normal number. So the Browns are trying to find an answer for Phil Dawson's departure in 2012. The list of kickers includes Cundiff, Billy Cundiff, Garrett Hartley, Travis Coons, Patrick Murray, Cody Parkey twice, Zane Gonzalez, Greg Joseph, Austin Seibert, Chase McLaughlin, Cade York, and now Hopkins. That's a house of horrors. All names you didn't want to be reminded of. Obviously spent draft picks on Zane Gonzalez, Seibert, and York. A seventh round, a fifth round, a fourth round. Maybe this trade for Hopkins, which again results in a seventh round pick, is the answer. So, you know, I think Hopkins noted it's a notorious place to kick. He said, I don't read too much into external things just because I don't think it's very helpful. I try to control what I can control. And besides the location, obviously, this is a notorious place to kick. It's a tough place to do this job. But at this point in my career, I always tell myself I try to be focused on the process, not the results. Obviously, we're in a results-oriented business. I know the results eventually have to be there. But I am, uh, you know, he says, I try to tell myself I'm process-oriented and the results will come. So kicking in a place like this and knowing what I need to be at my best is kind of an exciting challenge, even though a tough one at the same time. So he recognizes it, right? So uh, certainly recognizes it. And he said, everyone knows about Cleveland. All the opposing kickers have an idea of the difficulty of clicking, uh, kicking in Cleveland. So good stuff from Hopkins. Career 190 of 224 on field goal attempts, 84.8%. Last three seasons, he's been 85%, 67 of 79. So hopefully we see that stuff uh, carry over, right? We want to see some of the success that he has had carry over. That would 
that would be a welcome sight considering all those kicker names that I just listed for you. So um, good, to, good to know here. So the Browns will carry a 2.4 million cap hit, which Stephen Haglund told us about the other day. If they keep him in 24, they won't be on the hook for that 3 million. But if he is on the roster, that's the number he has. So um, he said, knowing that most NFL games are close, the Browns are expected to be in a lot of close games. Hopkins relishes a chance to kick in big moments, which he's proven in his career. I think yes, because anytime you're playing in those big games, you're kicking those big field goals, you're down 20 points or something. It's almost harder to focus. You feel like there's not much uh, to make a difference there. So when you're kicking in meaningful moments, it forces you to dial it in. I think sometimes pressure almost helps us focus on different parts of the field. Uh, you know, uh, he said with kicking, I just feel like, you know, you have to be locked in and I want to win. All great stuff from him. The Browns named five captains today. Uh, moving on from kicker talk, I think hopefully that's the last kicker talk I do other than just noting he made kicks. And Kevin Stefanski's traditionally done game captains. They are doing a game captain one per game, but they designated some long-term captains here for the season. These are voted on by teammates, quarterback Deshaun Watson, DN Miles Garrett, linebacker Anthony Walker, guard Joe Batonio, and then representing the special teams is Charlie Hewlett. So I love that group. I think Walker is the is the non-star of that group, even though, you know, Hewlett's a long snapper, but somebody's got to represent the specials, and he's doing uh, as the longest tenured player in a significant amount of time here at the Browns. It makes a bunch of sense. But Walker's, you know, talked about so well-respected across the league, not surprised by that one bit, you know, talk about him being a coach someday when he's done, just a special, unique person and leader. But then the other three are obviously, you know, your quarterback. Uh, I think it speaks to how well Deshaun has centered himself and acquired the respect of his teammates, right? Even though given all the buzz around him and all the distraction that's been there, he has earned respect of his teammates to vote him as captain. And there are other choices, Nick Chubb or Amari Cooper or David Njoka, but those are more internal guys. They're not very outward in their approach to communication to teammates, how they handle big moments, right? You could have had like a Rodney McLeod type, but again, that's a that's a first year player, so it's not surprising he wouldn't be he wouldn't be one of those. I mean, Denzel Ward too, if you look at the guys that are like the core of this, Denzel Ward is not a very vocal guy either. Those are just personality types are quiet for a lot of those guys. So I think for you know, the vocal aspect on top of the lead by example in the Browns facility, how you conduct yourself as a football player, I think they got those right between Deshaun Miles, Anthony Joel, and Charlie Hewlett. And I think, like I said, I think they're going to have a game day captain as well for each of these. Uh, it looks like Khalif Alassi has uh, arrived in Cleveland. He was there at the stadium. And they were there at the stadium in general, which is something I'll talk about with Brad Ward here in a little bit. I, I really enjoy seeing them in the stadium more because they really just need to get used to being in that stadium. They practice in Berea. That's a drive away from the stadium, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on traffic. It just doesn't always feel like home. And a lot of organizations are lucky enough to have their stadium very close to where they do these practices, right? And, um, you know, that was something that I think that – I just think that they need is not just the kicker to get to kicking in the stadium, but just exposure to this this being your home stadium and home field. And you can't get out there all the time because it's grass, but I do think that they should get there as often as they can. It will only help them. Uh, notes that I forgot to mention – uh, Halase will wear number 25 PJ Walker not on the field today he'll be getting in at some point still out Denzel Ward in concussion protocol there is no update on that I have mentioned some of the other number changes Marquise Goodwin going to number three Dewan Jones switched back to his traditional number 79 Alex Leatherwood on the practice squad takes over number 74 we mentioned Alex Wright returns which is a big deal after having that arthroscopic knee surgery right after that first preseason game August 6th so it's good to see him back, and it looks like he's working his way. Maybe not an early season active roster player um, in terms of being the active 48, but I, I think he's got a chance 
here to avoid IR, which is great because he could be back inside the first four weeks. And Stefanski said he just looks uh, looks good. He said he, he looks good. It's hard to say. I mean, he's got to continue to progress, and we'll see how it goes into Monday of next week. But they feel like he's he's at least in pretty good shape. They could still make a move, but if he's practicing, it's a really good sign. A really good sign. So the Browns are off on Friday when you're listening to this podcast. It looks like they will also be off over the weekend, get, get refreshed, a long camp, a long drawn out process with roster stuff just everybody take a you know a step back refresh yourselves do some mental work over the weekend and then come back on labor day ready to practice and it is it is on for week one cincinnati Bengals coming to cleveland it's going to be it's going to be fun so you will get a saturday or sunday podcast i'm not sure we'll do one of those i'm going to be traveling out of the state and be out of the state next week but i should be able to record pods and keep us on track for those of you who really care about that so um, keep your eye out for that. Like I said, uh, getting over now to Brad Ward's time uh, on the OBR's Twitch. I think we had a really good show, some good conversations about the Browns' offense structure and some of the pressure. Like I said, these are burning questions around the Browns, and we'll have that podcast every week. But these are, like we said, key 2023 questions with Brad Ward. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Let's get over to that show right now that is a part of the OBR Twitch and YouTube. But before we do that, as always, we have to get a word from our sponsors. So let's go to those sponsors right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You ever been up against buying tickets last minute, can't figure out how to get it done? The OBR group recently tried to go to the Browns preseason. We were up against the clock 
trying to figure out if we could get tickets hooked up, if we needed to buy them. We had to end up buying them, went to the Game Time app, and let me tell you, this is the best place to find tickets. It should never be stressful. They pride themselves on making it as seamless as possible. Killer deals on last-minute tickets. The best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets. Start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. If you're starting to poke around about getting tickets for Browns-Bengals Week 1, this is the place you need to go Game time has everything you need. You don't have to plan months in advance, but if you do, they have deals on tickets now all the way up until the day. You get images from the seats you'll be sitting in to know what you're looking at, what the view will be, get that low price guarantee. And then talking again, those exclusive flash deals on tickets are what makes the app so great. And the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. They'll credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get those images from your seats. You get tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. They're sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. So here's what you need to do. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the promo code, quite simply, OBR, for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code OBR for $20 off. If you want to use the URL, it's gametime.co, okay? But the app is where it's at. It's a perfect app. Download the GameTime app today. Promo code OBR, $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. But uh, what is up to the man to next to me here, Jake Burns? Uh, what is up, my guy? Hey, you know, another busy day in paradise, but can't complain what's going on your way. Not much. Excited to do the show with you, buddy. Uh, excited to ask you some questions here and uh, get some uh, thoughts from you on uh, some of the things that I think everybody's kind of wondering about. So, uh, Brown's out at the stadium today. What do you think of Marquise Goodwin wearing the three? I like it. What do you think about that? Yeah, it just tells you that there's no, uh, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how the, the quite the right way to f- phrase it, but uh, they don't they don't care, man. You you are off of a number. They are going to take that number. There, yes. there is no waiting around for that. Jordan Wilkins got out of number twenty, and right away, Pierre Strong Jr. is in number twenty. So yeah, the numbers 20. available. It is uh, given away. Probably the laundries, like I said on the other day on my show, the laundries on the table. So here you go, take this number right there, and and uh, but yeah, I'm sure I like Marquis probably loving being in a single digit and all that stuff. So pretty cool to see him back. I think they should get to the stadium more often personally. Like I don't I think they too. get there enough to feel really comfortable at their own stadium. A lot of places teams uh, practice near their stadium, a lot closer to it. So um, just kind of leave it at that. I just don't think they go there quite enough uh, for me personally. Yeah, especially like, uh, you know, when Stefanski was talking about it, he was kind of like, oh, yeah, nice to get inside the confines. We've only been there once. And I was like, holy yeah. crap. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Uh, and then especially for and the it's new a grass kicker. field. So I yeah. get that, like, it's a grass field and you don't want to ruin that. And, and it's a little different than some place that has a, you know, a synthetic turf field or whatever, whatever. But, you know, yeah. in general, just like feels to me that they should get there a little bit more often, make it can, can at least a. Uh, an effort to get there all right I, I agree couldn't couldn't agree more they should be there more often and especially this off season because they've been all over the place right so uh let's talk about uh some of these questions i have for you so i want to start kind of with the the browns offense week one the Bengals. the browns have been intentionally probably kind of vanilla 
again, in the preseason and in the Eagles joint practices, I'm guessing uh, to some extent, they haven't really, you know, as uh, Deshaun said, he kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, uh, Kevin hasn't really opened up the playbook, whatever. Um, do you have, do you think you have a good idea what this offense is going to look like come week one? I think I have a good feel. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I know how they're going to live out of the gun, what they're going to do, the sort of uh, read concepts they're going to run out of it. Little, uh, little different wrinkles in, in uh, some speed option, different things. They're going to have a lot of traditional stuff too, that looks like a lot of stuff that they've already run. So um, I think it's going to be a good mixture of like then and now, and um, we're going to continue to try to keep adapting this thing for Deshaun and making him comfortable It'll be significantly less under center uh, 12 and 11 personnel instead of, uh, 13 personnel as much and 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 yeah i mean it's a, it's a bit of a mystery to all of us don't get it twisted but i do think it is going to look a lot like things we have seen in the preseason but with just more um game plan specific wrinkles built into it put it that way so okay. um you know i again i don't think you're gonna see a lot of what kevin's known best for and then i think you're gonna see a lot of the other little wrinkles as well um, do you think it's enough to take the Bengals by surprise? Like, is there a built-in advantage that they haven't seen any of this yet? It's got to be a little bit, right? I don't know that they're I, a little, I mean, a little, I, I don't think the Browns are going to be doing anything that's like groundbreaking Crazy. necessarily. Okay. Um, but I, I think that just defending them in a completely different way will stress them. You know, I think, I think that there's definitely that element to it. So uh, you know, while while I, I, I definitely think that it's going to be different than like what the Lou Anarumo and company have sort of stored up in their years of Kevin Stefanski stuff here. Like it's it's definitely going to be different, but it's not like they haven't played Baltimore to see a lot of the read concepts. It's not like they haven't sure. played mobile quarterbacks to, to do that stuff. I just think the Browns are going to be a little more diverse, which makes you prepare for them in ways you haven't always prepared for them. Put it that way. Yeah, you would think there's probably a wide, uh, at least a wider range of things they have to get ready for coming into this game, not knowing exactly what they're going to see. Um, they did sign Demetric Felton, so that should help. They'll they'll just pick apart his brain, right? I was going to ask you that. So, you know, running back, wide receiver turned uh, espionage, spy, mm-hmm. uh, Felton on the, you know, are they sitting him down and uh, white light, bright white lighting him and... Uh, you know, pumping him for uh, Intel. What do you think? I mean, they might ask him, but there's nothing to really take away. That's that serious in my opinion. So, you know, I mean, there's uh, some things you can ask him. What are you doing? What does it look like? What are they, what are they, you know, wrinkling? And maybe Felton doesn't want to answer it. I don't know, but they'll, ask, I would imagine they'll ask him. It'd be, it'd be dumb not to ask him, but I don't think you're going to get anything because they're going to do a bunch of game game plans. You're doing in camp and preseason so much vanilla stuff that, you have a baseline of like what they're going to be. I cannot imagine that he's going to teach them a bunch is kind of what I'm saying. Like, I just yeah. think they have a good feel for what the Browns are trying to do. And, you know, the Browns will put in very specific things that now he won't be a part of, you know what I mean? So um, that's, that's kind of where I think it goes. I, I think they ask him, but I just generally don't think there's much for him to, to, to really peel back and give them. Um, do you expect, you know, Burrow today reports they're kind of playing the game of the yo-yo game with Burrow. It feels like like they don't really want us to know whether he's in play or not. But I, 
I, I'm like nine, 85 to 90 percent think he's going to play. I don't know where you are with that. But do you expect them to be any different uh, personnel wise, offense wise? Not really. They could be. I mean, but again, they have done a nice job. I think that place has done as, as good a job as any of of really evolving themselves throughout a season, figuring out what works best for them and and kind of going from there. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be anything different. They're going to run a lot of empty. I mean, I, I personally expect Burrow to play. I, I would be okay. yeah. so surprised and not that it'd be I wouldn't be shocked, but I would just be surprised if he if he didn't end up playing uh, in this game, I just think, I think, it, I think he's had so much time off here and hasn't done very much that it just makes a ton of sense that he would be out there. But again, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, that came out of nowhere. I don't think any yeah. of us would. Right. So um, the Bengals, I don't expect to be any, they do such a good job over there of staying really diverse um, with their approach and, and what they do. So I, I think you have a baseline for what the Bengals like to do. And then you sort of go off of it from there. And um, I, I just, I don't, I don't expect them to, I mean, how, how can they look much? Different? It's like, they're going to be a wide zone team, you know, like yeah, they're a gun team that is very timing based and, and uh, they'll run when they, when they get the right box counts, they'll, they'll run with, uh, they'll run with Mixon, you know? So I, I yeah. just don't think it'll be that crazy. Okay. Um, as far as stiff, like we came out of preseason one and you saw like three plays and you were like, cool, that's what I wanted to see. I, you know what I mean? You And you broke down the whole gun run and what they were doing from that. Have you continued to see that through all the preseason games? Yeah, they're more, they're just, they're just more to diverse. Your satisfaction. I, yeah, they're more diverse. They've, they've added the concepts that I think they're the core concepts that they have um, really, really needed. And uh, to me, they're running inside zone. They're running, you know, RPOs and power counter and all that stuff um, in a way that's really diverse from the gun. Like I said, you sprinkle in those RPOs, and I think you really have a nice balance of all the things you need. And then on top of that, they're still at a baseline, really, really competent with their under center play action stuff where, you know, you saw Amari Cooper get get sort of held on that one scenario, right, where, yeah. um, you know, he – uh yeah um you know i'm trying to think of the right way to put it because i thought that he had a chance to score on that one but they're still yeah. going to do that stuff they're still going to do a lot of the stuff that you're like oh that's what kevin's traditionally run um you know all of that will, will still be there but but yeah they're going to be they're going to be fun they're going to be fun um so you kind of mentioned right there even in your last statement that it's still kind of a blend of a little bit of what stefanski has always done and, and this new stuff that uh is playing to Deshaun's strengths do you worry at all about Stefanski's like I don't how do I say this uh play calling rhythm with a you know like uh does he get tight and go back to like what he's used to or start calling things that you know he knows or thinks will work because that's what he's been I mean he was you know kind of brought up in this in the one scheme, right. In the, mm -hmm. in the, in the, the wide zone scheme. And he's doing something a little bit different now. Uh, does, do you worry about his play calling rhythm? Do you worry about an offensive rhythm? Do you worry about it looking disjointed at all? I think you have to, until you see it come to fruition, I would imagine. I, I mean, I think Kevin is good enough to do it. 
I think that they've put a lot of work into this whole thing. And when they've had the ones out there, I think they've done a pretty good job of staying pretty focused on what they need to do and who they are, Brad. Um, and I think it's yeah. a, a pretty good mixture of, uh, you know, the, the two types of things evolving for what Deshaun is comfortable with on top of, you know, the traditional stuff that Kevin does, just so you have a varying approach to this, you know, Kevin's Hardy's a wide zone West coast uh, type of guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, they'll still do that stuff, even from empty looks and the gun and all of that. But they're, they're, you know, putting in unique types of RPOs that Deshaun was good at, and they're giving him some stretch concepts and, and just allowing him to be the best sort of version of himself. And, and I think that that's really important, you know, to, at least, at least to the structure of what they want to do for this group. So um, as far as the rhythm goes, I think it's fair to question that Brad as um, you know, you have to see it, you have to see Kevin apply it. But again, I think they're, they've been very calculated with all of this. So to me, it feels like, I think that they deserve a little bit of faith on it until we don't see it come to fruition, if that makes much sense. So um, I, I like it in general. I think it's going to be okay, but there might be some growing, and I've tweeted about this a little bit, there might be some growing pains early here yeah. um, as they as they sort of figure out a lot of who they are um, and what they want to do in, in big moments and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, I do. And, uh, you know, in the chat here, a couple quick questions on Stefanski. I think these are good questions from you guys, Gagon and Rocky, Balboa, both. You think the offense will be, you know, Kevin's been criticized for being predictable in the past. I don't necessarily think that, but do you think it'll be less predictable in a way? Good question. question. Um, yeah, I, I mean – they they have more avenues to beat you in ways that they've never beat you, right? So, okay. like, the, it, I think a thing that has happened with the Browns of late in, in recent seasons, and I think I would imagine most of you would agree with me, they have run out of answers. They have a scheme design, a concept, what they like to do, and then things might get tight in one way, shape, or another. Either, you know, they got up early and they couldn't close it out or, you know, any various thing you want to say there. They couldn't close it out. And then they're just, you can see that, oh man, they have completely figured out what the Browns are doing yeah. and they're just running out of answers. So, you know, the questions about predictability or game management questions, if they get the, the version of Deshaun that gives them answers on those really, really tough down and distances, right? Like yeah. to me, that screams answers that that matter to me there like will, will present themselves so where you wouldn't have seen them complete a third and eight or something of that matter because they either it either got covered up really well or something happened that that, that prevented that catch from going through right like um you know with watson you just you just have more ability to get those those um you know i call them buzzer beater shots right where those yeah. guys in the nba who get paid the most money are the ones who can beat the buzzer when the, everything is sort of covered up. And that's why you give Watson the money. You need him to do that this year. So the Browns have not had a quarterback who can create when things fall apart. And I think that like, that's something that you, the, the biggest thing there that I expect Deshaun to bring to the table is that, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I kind of think of it as like, you know, you were meant, you were talking about, I asked the question about being disjointed and yeah, there could be some growing pains. I feel like, yeah, we could see that, but then, like, I think about 
because it looked a little disjointed in the preseason at times, right? And the fumbles didn't help, right? You know, if you take the no. fumbles out, it probably looks a lot better. But, yeah. uh, you know, off schedule, off of, uh, you know, uh, he gets outside the pocket and throws the deep ball to Amari. And you're like, I'm thinking, like, even if they're going through some growing pains you might be able to survive early in some games on some big chunk plays that Watson makes like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because uh, he's who he is and and they have a lot of talent on the field. So you would hope that, you know, some of that, that stuff is, you know, gets you by, right. Uh, Some of the, some of the growing pains. Yeah, you do. I mean, you need a guy who can rise above. I mean, again, I, I've said this in like so many different ways. It feels like this year where um, you just you need <laughs> these quarterbacks like you can either have a really good and Joe's a good example of this. The guy who they're playing week one, he's an on schedule guy. He likes to keep them on schedule, on script, doing the right things. Right. And doesn't like to take losses necessarily. That's right. what he's always trying to do. And I know the Bengals have chased big plays in recent years and all of that stuff. I totally get that. But like it's just um. I think, again, the Browns are going to have scheme answers that, that present themselves all year. Like, it's just – it's going to happen. Um, but to me, it just is like – the question with them has always been, can they find answers when the things are covered up, taken away? Like, the third and eight was a really good example um, that they missed against the, the the Chiefs the other day where they had Elijah Moore on a on – yeah. and again, it was press man, two over tops, just your typical two-man. And they said, okay, we're going to cover you this way. We're going to leave a linebacker in the middle of the field to take away any of your immediate crossers and beat us. And they had a good route. The ball was just low. So, like, that's the stuff that they need to be able to do. But, again, Watson created later on, right, created in, uh, off of off of Jedrick Wills, uh, kind of let his, his man beat him inside. He, Jed did a good job of riding him past the quarterback to allow Deshaun to get out. And, like, there's yin and yang there. There will be, I think, again, there will be some times where we are frustrated with Deshaun. Something, you know, he, he misses a play that we think he should have made. But he should, and what has made him really good on, on all these years is that he's been able to overcome some of that by making those really heroic plays that, we, that we've known him for. I mean, there have been some really crazy plays in his yeah. career. So, um, you know, that's what, you're, that's what you're banking on is that that magic is still in there. And then the scheme stuff that we've always seen work. Like, again, Kevin has done a great job with Baker. He's done a great job with Jacoby. He's had really, really productive offenses with those guys. And you're saying to yourself, okay, can we get that version of the offense on top of simultaneously getting a guy who can create? And you can see the, the draw to that, right? Like you can yeah. see the draw to that, how that all could come together. So uh, could, could be exciting um, and you see how it could possibly work, but you're also sort of apprehensive until you see it come together. Right. Yeah. Cause the critics are like, Hey, uh, you know, th- it works with a guy like Baker and a guy like Jacoby. But when you take a, a guy that's, you know, you know, kind of uh, more has more than that. Right. Can he, coat can he call plays for that guy can his system work with that guy and we are all hoping and the breadcrumbs have been there and we've talked about it all off season that it leads to this offense that lets him be deshaun watson right basically yep. lets him yeah. be deshaun um 
you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest uh, Jake Burns uh, on the OBR streaming network. Uh, make sure you hit like and subscribe. Um, uh, so they came out with captains today: Deshaun Watson, Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, Anthony Walker, and Charlie Hewlett. If you had a choice, Jake, of one captain that's not on that list, who would it be? One captain who's not on that list. Um, it's a good question. There, the, the lot of the I'd probably say Zadarius maybe is one that okay. I would be interested. You're looking at veterans that have been around a long time. Yeah. I think you would like for Denzel to be, yeah, one of those guys, but he's he doesn't seem to be. So you know, I I don't know. I mean, as far as like Denzel's been here for a while, you'd really like to see him doing that stuff and sort of be in charge of your secondary, all that, all that stuff, Brad, that'd be really cool. But it appears that that's not in the fold right now. Denzel's never been a very vocal guy as it is. We, we all know that, but I guess those are two offensively, maybe Amari, but again, another very quiet guy, Nick, very a very quiet. quiet guy. So I don't know. I don't know that they did bad here. I don't think that they did. No. Rodney McLeod is what OG said there. That's a good name. But again, that's who, Rodney's that's who I was going to say, yeah. Jake is Rodney's Rodney McLeod. New. Uh, yeah, what you want is leadership core your core guys to be a bit more leadership, right? So like Denzel's here for a long time. You think maybe Grant Delpit's going to be here an extension in some sh- shape or form. Like those are what you want more of, but at this point, you know, Juan Thornhill, that's another good example. Um yep. I don't I don't think they got it wrong or anything the no. core and then everybody has always looked up to Anthony Walker. So I think walk is, is, uh, and this is like, I've never, I've very rarely heard people talk as highly about a player as I have Anthony Walker. So there's zero surprise to that one. So, um, I think they did a pretty good job here. I've, I don't like that. They do game captains in previous years. I think you should have a core group of captains and, um, I'm a believer in that. I always have been. So I like that they've gone that route here. I was just going to uh, ask you that, actually, because I went in one of my articles, things I think I know, I wrote about the changes that Stefanski kind of has made this this year. Like, it felt a little calculated. He did a couple podcasts that's kind of outside of his realm, right? It mm-hmm. uh, felt like maybe an approval rating move. Uh, some of the things he's done with the press, I won't get into details, that, that are different than he's done in the past, right? Um, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. And then some of the you know, of course, Greenbrier and everything like, you know, the limited sessions in Berea all feels like different Stefanski approach to this season, maybe warm seat. I don't know. Or just, this is a huge year. Right. But this is different too. Right. Cause he used to do the game by game captains and now we've got what captains for a season. Right. Yeah. And I think they're doing, um, if I recall, I, I should have mentioned this. I think they're doing like one, uh, captain, uh, they'll pick an additional one every game. Okay, that's fine, but you need a core. I, I just don't think rotating captains are are the right way to go about it. So I, I like that they'll have a a bit of a core here with these guys and and faces to turn to. Right when things get tough, that's that's Absolutely. what you need your your leaders to be able to handle. Yeah, and to uh, your guys' point in the chat, it was player voted on, right? I believe player players mm-hmm. voted for these guys. Um. All right, let's switch sides of the ball real quick. One of the pressing questions right now, at least, or the most immediate questions is, I I would be shocked. I don't know how you feel, but I would be a little bit surprised if Denzel plays week one. Um, How how do you – 
where are you at with this? Uh, how, you know, are they going to go three corners? Who's it going to be out there? You think? Cam? Good question. Um, I do, I don't know. I I had thought originally that they were going to AJ Green. You know, you know, go. I, mean, I don't know. I really don't. It's it's a great question, Brad, and one that we'll be paying really close attention to. Um, I I would leave the hunch that they would say we need to figure out a plan off of how they're aligned because the Bengals will try to do some different things with alignment to put their guys in a better spot. You know, if they, if they notice a weakness, you know, so what we perceived as a, a sort of advantage all the time with these, you lose one of them. You're like, okay, we're short one. I just don't think they have a great plan at nickel. If it's not Newsome or Ward. I, I just, right. I really, I really don't love the answers there right now. I don't, I haven't enjoyed many people. Maybe they have some in a real internal faith in Cam Mitchell and he's getting healthy and all of that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, Brad, but, to me, it feels a little uneasy. They're going to have to play somebody who is, um, you know, who is not quite as good as we hope in those scenarios right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it really raises the question about AJ Green a little bit because the one thing that he does, and if you if you scour his PFF grades over the years, right, he, it's not been kind to him. Let's just say that the PFF has not been kind to him, but the one place that he has always graded well, and I can't claim I've watched all his tape or anything like that. That's why I'm referencing the PFF grades. But the one place that he has always graded in the 80s and 90s is coverage on the outside. He has always graded really well. So it feels like, and I'm not saying they made a bad move here, but it feels like maybe week one, the best route, and I'm not pretending to know more than they are, but you know, the best route might have been to leave Newsom inside and let AJ Green play outside where he has filled in before and done an admirable job. Yeah, I, whatever, we're, I mean, I, I think that it comes down to do you trust? Like, I really don't know. I really don't yeah, know, man. I, I, I like, do they, do they trust Ford to play outside? Where is Cam Mitchell's recovery? I mean, this, this young kid they just brought in. I like him, right? Khalif um, Halasi, I like him, but 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 you want him out there on the field against the Bengals in week one. Right. I just I just right. don't imagine that's the case here. So yeah, I mean they have to answer their own question. Is that is it mean an uptick in three safety looks? Right? That's is that question, is that an right? angle? Yeah. That that would be the angle, maybe, but that usually when you're playing three safeties you're indicating that you're going to be playing more zone, which is, which is never um, a, a good thing to be giving away, put it that way. So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm uneasy about it. Um, it I, yeah. I, I missed the quotes on ward today. If there were some that sort of give us a, a better idea of if he's going to be able to go. But if you look at his track record with these concussions, again, it's been like a three, four week thing here for him. So yeah. and, and this concussion didn't look bad, but, considering he played 10 snaps after the concussion, but you know, all concussions are, are dangerous no matter what, especially considering the volume that he's seen. So um, not feeling great about it. That's why some of us have been like, well, Desmond King is interesting as a slot, right? Well, he goes to Pittsburgh. Bradley Roby is still out there. So yeah. maybe that one is still of some kind of interest, but I'm not entirely sure what they do. here. It is one of the single most important, aspects of this upcoming game is figuring out watching closely early how they're going to handle some of the stuff because aj green just doesn't fit into how they're playing coverage right now that's why they moved on from him yeah so you know we'll be we'll be watching closely man watching really closely 
if they do go big nickel like Delpit, Thornhill, McLeod, who do you think is the best cover guy of those three if they, you throw them up there to, to cover the nickel? Probably Thornhill. Um, yeah. I trust the most in coverage. I like him as a center fielder more than anything else, but right. it feels like it's going to be a lot of – and this is what the Bengals have struggled with. The Bengals have struggled with cover two, cover six looks where you're getting down – coverage in front of jamar chase with umbrella stuff over top and you can still cover you know a lot of the field in the in the way you want to cover it so to me it feels like a heavy dose of safety in this game to make up for the situation they're in um sticking grant as your sort of pseudo defender near the line of scrimmage who can be your third backer but also be your curl flat hook defender blitz him a little bit and play a lot of cover two six and three that feels, and they'll maybe in certain situations sprinkle in um, some man to man when they have a situation they feel like like makes sense. You know what I mean? So um, that's that to me is the the only angle I see making any sense at all there, as we sit here right now. Because I just don't, I don't think that playing a bunch of man to man against the Bengals makes a ton of sense when you like consider your personnel against. If you have your three guys to match up with Boyd Higgins and. And uh, in Jamar, you you feel kind of confident with some safety help and maybe a middle shots, low, yeah. low hole hitter there or something like that. But this is um, zone dense game plan, I think, and you you try to really let the the defensive line win this football game for you is kind of the vibe I get. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. If you recall, you know, remember last year the Bengals got off to kind of a slow start, and they're kind of notoriously slow starters, uh, Jake, as you recall, but. I, I, one of the first pieces I did at the OBR when I came on was right before the first Bengals game. And, and it was about why they kind of got off to a slow start. And because of those two high safety looks that teams were giving him and causing mm-hmm. Burrow some problems to what you're talking about there a little bit. So, yeah, they're going to, they're going to be in a lot of too high looks and then rotating off of it is my um, first impression to try to confuse Joe. What you want to do is, Make Joe Burrow hold the football a little bit. If you can do yep. that, you have a chance to let this group up front, which we all agree is really good, get after it, right? Absolutely. Um, so as we look at uh, this defense, and you kind of answered some of my questions with the zone stuff there, um, how exotic do you expect uh, – Schwartz to be in this game like I mean um, you know he'll do he'll use the simulated pressures and stuff but like uh you know do you think that he gets into some of that or are you better off just kind of to your point sitting in zone and and letting your front get home on their own probably the latter just because of um you know this is again this is one of the the best just entire wide receiver units in the league so I don't think it's a great, I mean, you'll get, they'll have a blitz package in Brad. They'll play some crazy stuff on third downs to try to mess with the scenario and mess with Burroughs vision and line of sight and stuff. But I don't know that it's going to get too exotic. And again, if you do make the decision to play the third safety angle, I really don't want to put that player on an Island very much. So, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's good here to have Callahan and not, not Bill Callahan have his son, who runs Cincinnati's offense thinking and questioning things a lot, right? Like that's a, that's a great situation to be in there. But, but, but to me, it's, 
I don't want the Browns to play themselves out of coverage. And they've talked about this a lot about what Joe Woods would do to make them overthink. And, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know if Joe, it was all Joe's fault or the, you know, the DB's coach who's now in, in LA. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to pin blame there, but there was clearly a disconnect in how, how to cover. And they are talking adamantly across the board about stopping this from happening anymore. And I don't think going into week one, down your best cover corner is the time to get creative uh uber creative uh in in a way that you know works to the detriment of your team you know what i'm saying i do i know exactly you, you, the bengals are going to score brad they're going to score because they're so talented don't give them scores that's the right. thing you don't want to do and and make them you know, i i do think like i said I, I do think they will get aggressive but i would just continue to sit in coverage that le- that that forces the bengals to have routes develop. And from those developing routes, I would be then using it as my, Hey, you guys up front are winning us this football game sort of angle. You know what I mean? That's, that's the the single biggest thing that I would try to be preaching is like, we'll get them to hold on to the football a little bit. You need to get home above yep. all else. Yeah. Uh, ultra talented front, uh, and you got to take advantage of that, and they've got to do their job in this one. It should be a fun game. Um, obviously, uh, an uber massive game for this season and, and this first four, and I kind of think the Titans will be feisty too. So, uh, you know, I'm a little bit higher on them than some people are. But, um, Jake, how good – these are kind of – as I'm reading them now, they're they're kind of massive questions, but I'm going to ask them anyways. Okay, how okay. good does Deshaun Watson have to be for the Browns to be what we think they can be this year? Like to be second division and make the playoffs? Like top ten? Top? Does he have to be a top five quarterback? Can he just be a top fifteen quarterback? Are they good enough for him to just be a guy? And, and them get in the playoffs? It's a good question. One that's been asked a lot. And I think, again, it's, it's a, it's very fair. Um, I have kind of put it this way in 2020, they went four and 12. He had upwards of that. Listen, and it was not because Deshaun that they had that no. record. He was doing everything he could. You know, there's a very famous video of walking off the field where JJ Watt puts his arm around him and says, sorry, we wasted a year for you. Like that defense was awful. Their special teams was a mess and they gave away games. He fought like crazy to keep them in games and did a great job. But, you know, at the end of the day there, they were just overmatched. And, um, you know, I, I continue to look at that 20, uh, 2020 season where he had like 4,900 yards, 36 touchdowns, 10, 10, interceptions and and like that's a great season you know don't get it don't get it twisted that's a great season and you love it but to me the two years before that are a bit more of what i hope for from him which is just a a cut down in pass attempts because the run game's effective about four thousand yards about 26 to 32 touchdowns keep the interceptions down below 10 and i think if you do that that makes you a top 10 quarterback i i think he'll be right there he could be above like he need but to to the crux of your question he needs for them to be really good and you to feel confident he needs to be able to do that right like he he needs to do it and 
to yeah. me, just glossing over that and pretending he doesn't need to do that. Like they, he could be a top 15 quarterback and be fine. No, man, like that's not the case. He needs to be really good. And yeah. if he's not really good, they can still win games, but they won't be the version that I think we're all hoping for. So, um, you know, I would say go back and look at 19 and uh, 18 and 19 when he was like, they were a collective group 10 and six and, 11 and five one year and they went to some meaningful playoff games and he was dynamic. He was good. He wasn't, it wasn't only on his shoulders. So there were, they were creating ways to score and the defense was pretty good back then too. I think Vrabel was running the defense at that time. They were doing a nice job. They ran into KC as again, every team's dreams seem to run into KC and, and go downhill. But like, yeah. I just think that he doesn't have to be this 2020 version. He could be, and that's awesome. Like, that's great. But he just needs to be the 1819 version that, like I said, 4,000 yards, hovered toward 26 to 30 touchdowns, play efficient football, take care of it, and then run for 505 touchdowns like he's kind of traditionally done as well. So you get that with what we think should be a pretty good defense and and I think will be a um, – more opportunistic special teams and you have a, you have a way here brad you have a real way to matter so he has to be he cannot be a top fringe top 15 guy and the, and the type of guy that they're just overcoming you know what i mean that that cannot be the answer he has to be he has to be pretty dang good he doesn't have to be elite but he's got to be pretty dang good top 10 top 10, yeah that's top the eight. and he's if he's not top 10 that's disappointing for deshaun he's good 100%. he's good enough He's 100%. good enough, and that should be the outcome. So, you know, he's he's every bit of t- uh, the in the in the realm of top ten most talented quarterbacks that we have in this league. So, if he's not in that group, that's just a failure. That's a failure on every level. So, yeah. I hope that they avoid that uh, circumstance. And like I said, he he could be a little less than that, and they could still win nine, ten games. And if things broke their way entirely, could win you know, 11, but you don't want to feel like we don't want to sit here and feel like the Browns have been winning despite Deshaun. Like they've just been overcoming him. That would be a real bummer. So I don't, and I don't expect that either. I want to be very, very clear about that. So I, again, I think you trade for him when he's coming off that 2020 season and you're like, Oh man, this is, I've never seen anything quite like, like they're going to, again, that version could come back, but to expect it, to be the volume to be that high and the numbers to be that high, I think is just sort of misguided. So absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. All right. So, uh, I know you got to go here in a minute, but, um, Vegas to your point, great city, Watson. a lot of money you can waste there. <laughs> very true. <laughs> very true. D gens only. Uh, 9.5 win total. Uh, the AFC North has a massive win total, nobody below eight and a half, right? Uh, so, um, but the Browns, nine and a half win total. Deshaun's over under number to your point here, uh, 36.50 and a half. It's got to be over, it has to be over. If you if you ask me on that one. The money is juiced to it's juiced to the over right now. One minus one twenty the over plus one hundred the under. FYI, that is startlingly low. I, I mean, again, it I is. know Kevin's traditional quarterback numbers have been around that realm, but like, if he's healthy every game this year, he should be around four thousand yards. And if they're not, they haven't really developed schematically the way I think we were all anticipating. Agreed. So. Uh, 
touchdown number, I think, a little low, too, at 25 and a hook. That's fine. I think if you're at 25 touchdowns and you run five in and you get to 30 collective touchdowns and your defense is pretty good, I view that as as fine, Brad. I think that's fine. Because Nick's going to – he has never played with a running back like Nick, and they should not completely be – you know, taking him to the level of like the running back by committee, David Johnson, Duke, Duke Johnson types of, of like, no, they need to still play th- some games through Nick. Like, obviously it's changing and making Deshaun more comfortable. And I'm all about that, but they need to be playing games through Nick uh, in a way that they, I think is just really, really still an advantage for them. I mean, again, this is a guy and again, it's a running league. I know all the cliches. I get it. And I don't want them to be a team that is a, a prisoner of running the football every single week. And I think they're fighting to make sure they're not that right. But to me, it feels like you have people who have voted him as the best running back in the NFL. Let's find a way to get that guy to 14, 1500 yards. And that's probably through, you know, creating scheme stuff that puts defenses in more too high than they customarily play because Deshaun is pretty good. Right. And you, you scare people with that stuff. And, you know, Nick has more options, alleys and all of that stuff. Right. So um, I, I, I don't, you know, 3,600 yards and having a successful season wouldn't be surprising for me, Brad. I just think it should be more than that. It should be more yeah. than that, in my opinion, um, with where they're going and what we think the level this, this offense can sort of get to. So I hope, I hope that that works uh, in, in a good way, but you got to remember as you think about all this passing, all these, all these options they have through the air, Hey man, they probably could be a pretty good RPO gun run team too, and that involves twenty four being really, really tough to, def- yeah. to to defend. Uh, that brings me real quickly to his number, which I was a little almost I was kind of astonished that Vegas threw this number out there for him. Obviously, they think he's gonna have a big year, but his number in Vegas, I don't know if you've seen it, twelve twenty five and a hook rushing only, um, which is I think the biggest number out there probably. Uh, rush touchdowns over eight and a half or eight and a half over uh, the money's coming in on the uh, over there. Um, and then Amari Cooper, nine fifty and a half. Elijah Moore, five seventy five and a half. Donovan people Jones, five fifty and a half. Those numbers feel pretty good from a gambling perspective for those guys. Largely because I think Marquise Goodwin will have three, four hundred yards. I think Jordan Akins will have three, four hundred yards. I, I, I'm not, I'm not off on that. I think just, I just think if you were to tell me Jake picking over under on Nick, like I could see Deshaun being at thirty eight and Nick being at thirteen fifty. That's those yep. are numbers that I think seem pretty dang realistic considering, um, you know, where the split should go. So it should be just a little over that. But that's what makes gambling gambling is that you're like. They, they want you to do that, right? You know, it doesn't doesn't change. The Browns could still win 10, 11, 12 games if those guys are just at those numbers or below. But um, I, I expect them to be um, over those numbers, but not like, you know, I don't think they'll blow them away, but Nick at like 1350 and Deshaun at 3,800. You know, I think you look back at the 2020 numbers, Brad, I think Baker was around 3,800 that year. So he was, you know, yeah. I, I think it's very, very attainable um, to say the least. And then last, the last number I'm going to throw at you because I know you got to go and I'm going to let you go here, but uh, 14.25. So basically they have him combined yards for Chubb. So basically they have him with 200 yards pat re- receiving. I feel like he clears that easily this year. No? Should. He should. The targets will be there for that. And he's always been at like 150. 
I yeah. think 150, 175. So um, to me, I, I would think he gets over that number and ends up uh, at 250 on the receiving side. 300 um, would be my guess, just because of the screen stuff. You take two screens for 40 yards, and you're like, yeah. you're all the way almost there. So um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I th- I think that those are those are sort of fair uh, angles at that point to to feel pretty good about. I, I don't think the predictions there are too far off, but I also think that they'll be a little over that uh, based yeah. on what we expect. And that, that is, again, comes down to the defense getting them the football back a lot and them converting and being more, um, you know, successful on those third downs to keep drives going that create 10 to 15 more plays for you that turn into touchdowns. So that's what we need to see, right? Absolutely. Yeah, You if, if the offense – works like we think it'll work and Deshaun plays like we think he can play, then those numbers should be a tick higher on every level, I would think. Right. So, uh, Jake, thank you so much for your time, sir. You are a fantastic uh, guest as always and answered all the big questions that I had for you about the 2023 Cleveland Brown season. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Burns, Jake underscore Burns 18. Uh, go check out his uh, film sessions. All of them. Fantastic. You're a gentleman and a scholar, sir. Thank you so much. Anytime, Brad. You know what, man. I'll catch you soon. All right, brother. That's a wrap for today, guys. Thanks to Brad for having me on what I think is always a great show he does over there. We will be back uh, probably one time over the weekend, guys. It'll be relatively quiet. It'll be our last quiet uh, weekend around NFL for a long time. So I might put together one episode this weekend Uh, Keep your eyes out either Saturday or Sunday. I'll get you one of those. And then uh, scheduled to get with Jordan Zerm early next week. And then we're off and running in game week with with some quality guests and some good insights about where the Bengals are, how the Browns beat those guys, and uh, there's a lot of elements at play here. And it's going to be a a pretty interesting buildup to a – an exciting AFC North week one. So as I continue to say, join us at the OBR Best Browns community you can find – A lot of great insights every single day on the website. And then also rate and review the pod. You know, I appreciate that very much. Have a fantastic Friday. Looks like great weather here in Ohio. I hope it finds you well wherever you listen to this podcast. And I've seen the data across the world. A lot of people listening overseas. You guys know I appreciate that. Again, great Friday. Have a good one. Go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.